guys, it's Britt Dowd, and welcome to the Lawn Care Leaders Podcast, where every week we bring you episodes to positively and intentionally impact not only your business, but your leadership, communication, and personal life. Yes, we talk about mowers, fertilizer, and irrigation, but we put an emphasis on growing you as a leader and growing your business skills. We do this through interviews with other small business owners, growth segments where we dive deep on a micro business topic, and documented episodes from our own seven-figure business, Green Again Lawn. All right, lawn care leaders, turn your headphones up. It's time to get back at it. All right, guys, thank you for joining us on another episode of the Lawn Care Leaders Podcast. I am your show host, Britt Dowd, uh, joined by co-host Zach Miller. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing well, BD. How are things going out there in Kansas? Oh, it's going, man. It is going. We had a, a little break in the crazy weather, so having some nice 70-degree days. We're, we're enjoying it. Stealing, stealing some days here in November, so nothing wrong with that. Yeah, same here. We've had some nice sunny days and doesn't feel like uh doesn't feel like Thanksgiving's coming up yet, but it'll get here before we know it. I know, I know. I'm getting getting pumped and juiced up for some, some deer hunting. How was your guys' pheasant hunting trip? So you went to what, South Dakota? Yeah, we spent three days in South Dakota and then two days in Iowa just with some friends and family and uh we had a blast. Just nothing better than out hunting with the people you love, following a good bird dog. Um, and that's a beautiful area of the country out there. I don't know if we have any listeners in South Dakota, but it was a, a cool place to see, no doubt. That's cool, man. That is cool. Yeah, it's a beautiful country out there. Brooke and I went, like, when we first started dating out uh, in that area to, like, the Badlands and stuff. It's just it's gorgeous, especially being from Kansas where there's absolutely nothing around um, as far as like, you know, you see a hill and it looks like a bluff, yeah. but, uh, and my dad went on the trip, Papa, Papa Doe, Papa Ron. Um, he said you guys got on some birds, like put down 25 opening day, right? We did. It was one of the best pheasant hunting days we've ever had. So bird numbers are really strong. We shot pretty straight we weren't perfect, but it wasn't bad. And, uh, we had some really good bird dogs working and that always makes it a lot easier on us. That's a good time, man. Good time. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I had not been pheasant hunting until I went with Zach and, and his dad and his family. And I will tell you, what what did we do that? Was that two years ago? Yeah, two or three years ago, something like that. It wasn't yeah. too long. No, not too long ago. I think it was two years ago. And I'll mm-hmm. tell you what, like we we had so many like men in the group, like so much testosterone. It was almost <laughs> like who could who could hunt the longest, who could push the hardest. We had dudes locking up with hammies going down like flies after, like, I mean, we put in like 12 miles of just like high knees through this thick brush. Oh, it was good times. We were like on these like death marches led by a fearless dictator. It was brutal. There's still some of that every trip, but I feel like that trip was the toughest. It was the toughest. And and we had like, yeah, like we didn't want to give in. Your dad didn't want to get in. Like we had uh, my uncle Clay there. And so he was like, you know, he was blazing his own trail, wanting to do his own thing. So there's just like all these little things going on, which created the perfect concoction of us not wanting to give up it was just like the dumbest <laughs> thing ever <laughs> then we then we just paid for it the rest of the day oh we got to get you back to a, a better pheasant hunt trip so you can change your mind about upland bird hunting yeah we'll i mean that. i'm like when i bird hunt I'm, i think about like duck hunting it's low-key you know you're sitting in there yeah. you've got some jerky a heater 
You're chatting, and then when the birds come, you get down. Like, I want to get to that version of pheasant hunting. That's what I need. That's what I need. Not the, not the death march soldier version. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, All right, guys. So if you're just now joining us, um, Zach and I, we hop on a chat every week, and we bring you what is called a growth segment sponsored by Intentional Growth Advisors. And uh, we usually hover around a certain topic. And that topic today is delayed gratification. And this is something Zach and I have been wrestling with quite a bit because we want business owners that we work with to win. We want our listeners to win. And so often, one of the key influences in that is waiting to reward yourself, making sure that you're putting in the effort, delaying gratification. We talk a lot about margin, uh, personal life, and business life. Well, delaying gratification in all areas of your life is healthy, and it creates that margin. And so that's what I want to pitch up to you, Zach. So speak to the importance of it. Tell us a little bit about what you're seeing with boots on the ground with some of these other business owners. Yeah, thanks, Britt. You teed that up pretty well. It's it's something like you said that affects every area of our lives. And if we can be disciplined and implement delayed gratification in even our personal lives, that's going to transfer over to our relationships, to our businesses, our physical well-being, everything. Basically, it comes down to the longer you can put off rewarding yourself, the quicker and more compounding that growth is. So if we want to kind of take that and relate it to you know, our business growth segment, Say you're a business owner and you're just starting your company. What we're seeing is for the, the companies that seem to really grow exponentially and successfully, the business owners are the kind of guys that have the boots on the ground and are very involved in production those first few years, right? Instead of gratifying themselves and pulling out and just taking profit, these guys are willing to jump in and build it from the ground up. They're the ones running the mowers. They're the ones on the sprayers, knocking doors, you know, on the shot and then as they make the money because they're not paying someone else right they're, they're paying themselves to do production as they make their profits we see the ones that do the best and grow the quickest are the ones that invest those profits right back into the business so say your first year after all your work you know you're profiting 20 to 30 grand you should do everything you can to pump that money right back into the business in the form of advertising new equipment, maybe hiring a new employee, um, something like that. And so that really falls into that delayed gratification because, yeah, you you know, in your first few years, every dollar you profit, you could pull that right out into your personal bank account. Yeah, you can. And it is profit. It is yours. But by rewarding yourself like that, you are cutting off so much future growth. And the goal is to have compounding growth. So the longer you can put off pulling money back out for yourself, and paying others to do the work, the more exponential growth you're going to have. So that's kind of the concept. Um, Brett, you can jump in and hit yeah. on a few of the different details you want to, but I think at a high level, that's really what we're talking about is those first few years of business, delaying that gratification so you get exponential growth. Yeah, that, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. And Zach, thank you for sharing that and kind of laying the groundwork for what these guys need to think about um, from a financial perspective. Guys, look, Listen, if you have 40 to 100 clients, you need to still be in production. You really do. Just like Zach was saying, you're, you're, 
you're taking from your profits, which in essence is stealing from your future. That's how Brooke and I always looked at it. It was like, dude, if we take this, in essence, it's like we're stealing from our future. So that dream board that we have up, go ahead and take something off of there or push it out one or two more years, sometimes five years, honestly. Guys that are in the first two years not putting themselves in a position where they're doing production are really, really elongating how long it's going to take them to succeed and hit their goals because your profit margin is so small. You, you go through a whole season and you've rewarded yourself, yes, but now when it comes time to reinvest and really up the ante the following year, you have no margin to do it. Um, and we see it in both, we, we see both camps. There's a, either a business owner that is very strategic or there's a business owner that is very technical and, and you're, you're driven by one or the other. But you have to be both. As a business owner, you have to find the perfect combination of technical and strategic. And here, here's the blunt, hard truth. If you have less than 100 clients, it's not taking you 40 hours a week to be strategic. You can be tr strategic from 5 in the morning to 7 in the morning and then get out there and do production. And then from 5 at night to 7 at night, you can be strategic. Whenever you need to carve out that space. What, we're, what Zach and I are saying is your business is in the infancy stage. It's, it's a baby. You have to feed it. So if you are not feeding this baby and helping it walk and learn to grow, you're, it's, it's gonna, you're gonna stunt the growth. And so you have to learn to live in the technical and carve out time for the strategic. Um, one other trend that Zach and I are seeing is like, um, your spouse may be on the payroll in the first two years. And so I'm, I don't even want to tread lightly here. I'm fine with pissing some people off. If you have less than 100 clients and it's just your spouse and yourself and maybe one or two other people, you and your spouse should be viewed as just a household income. So when you pay yourself a salary, that is for yourself and your spouse. If your spouse is doing a ton of work, that's great. That is what it takes to start a small business. That's what it takes to operate a family business in those first few years. You both are pitching in. Now you have two people that are creating margin, doing double the work, but you, your household, is just taking a little bit of income. And guys, this is this is the risk. This is the the sacrifice, the delayed gratification that it takes for you to win as a small business owner. And that's why it's also not for everyone. Not everyone can sacrifice that much. Not everyone wants to go backwards for that long. Um, I mean, this is going into the archives here, Zach, but I talk a lot um, <laughs> last year about a sling. It's called the slingshot principle is kind of how I view it. Yep. And it is stretching yourself and going backwards and really putting the strain on yourself personally, on your business, on your finances. And you're doing that and you're going backwards for a brief time so that you can launch forward. That's kind of how I picture what it takes for your spouse and yourself in those early years. Does that make sense, Zach? Yeah, it does. Because like we said, every dollar that you can invest back in the business in those first years, it's compounding, right? Yes, for yes. every dollar you put in, it's not like you're getting one dollar of output. You're probably getting three to five dollars of output in the form of marketing and new equipment that generates even more revenue. Yes. You know? So when think about it, when you're stealing from your business in those first three years, pulling that money out, you're almost probably stealing at three times the growth rate of what you're actually pulling out in yes. the future, if that makes sense. No, it does. And I, I do want to clarify, we're, we're not talking about not paying yourself anything if you're running production, right? 
what we're saying, if you're somebody who just wants to be the systems guy, the advertising guy, whatever it is, and you're just sitting in an office while you're paying somebody else to do all the production, if you have under 100 guys in that scenario, you probably just aren't going to be able to pay yourself anything. Yes. Now, if you're the guy boots on the ground doing the production, running everything, you can still pay yourself a salary or a wage. What we're talking about is you're just the office guy in those first year or two. There just isn't enough profit left over after paying somebody to do the production to yeah. pay yourself. Yeah. That's kind of the, the main thing we're talking about there. I mean, just think about it. If you have 100 clients and say you're doing $100,000 or we'll call it $75,000 of revenue a year, right, with 100 clients, whatever it is. Yeah. If you have to pay somebody forty grand to do the work for you, that only leaves you thirty thousand dollars left before paying for materials and gas and anything else. There's just no margin, yeah. like you're saying. You have to at least get up to that three to five hundred client mark. I would say is a good rule of thumb before you can really consider pulling out of production and paying yourself straight profit. Well, that's good. That's good. And and those are, I mean, that's that's real data, guys. And. And Zach, is, thank you for clarifying that. I, I we did need to make sure we explain that fully. Um, yeah, if, you, if you're the production guy, it's okay to pay yourself some. We're yeah. talking about if you're like, you want to pull out of production yep. too early and pay yourself, it, there's just not the margin there. Yep. Yep. Yeah, we're in essence saying, like, don't put the cart before the horse. You, you have to do one before the other. Um, and going back to this, like, technical versus strategic viewpoint, you have to be the guy that is – doing the thing like that's how most businesses start like if you don't have a product you're providing a service well you have to be good at that service you have to be performing at a high enough level where people value that service and so you as the business owner have to be good at just doing the thing well that is where production comes into place um so um here's i know i'm kind of rambling a little bit zach but i, I want want to make sure that we live here for just a second Mm -hmm. You are either going to struggle with the technical or the strategic side. Um, what's funny for me is like I struggled like not doing production. I struggled like just throwing myself into a route. I, I just always wanted to do the thing. Like I enjoyed it. I loved it. I knew like, hey, that's that's where the value is for our customers. That's where the revenue is. So guys, here's the deal. I'm in my, I mean, we're, we'll be coming up on 10 years in 2021. So midway through 2021, we'll have our 10 year mark. This past year, I still was doing some production. So mm -hmm. I'm doing all these other things. I'm wearing all these other hats and I still was doing a lot of tree and shrub production. So ish hit the fan with COVID and I, I, I strapped up. I was like, let's go to battle. Let's go to war. That was my default setting. There's certain things that I dropped the ball on from a strategic level but I was like, let's go all in. I say that not to brag, but to tell you guys, it's, it takes time. Like you may be in production for three years, four years, and guess what? That's half the time that I've been in production. It takes some time. So I, as you look at these businesses on Instagram or you compare to your buddies, just know, you know, a lot of those guys have been doing that for a decade and they're just now stepping out of production. So don't put the cart before the horse. Don't get too strategic too fast to where you don't have enough cash in the door to where that makes sense. Now, th this is for another podcast, but you also do have to make that leap eventually out of production. But what Zach and I have seen as of late with some business owners and people that we're seeing on social media um, is 
the reverse. We're, we're seeing for some reason they feel like they're okay coming in at a, a highly strategic level, adding value through sales. And what, here's what I want you to do, Zach. As we, as we wrap this conversation up and talk about mm-hmm. delayed gratification, I want you to talk about um, how much, like if that guy is going to be out of production, how much more revenue he needs to sell you know, especially when there's only maybe one or two other guys. Does that make sense? Yeah. So we kind of see in the industry, the average profit margin is around, you know, 15 to 20%, right? So if if you're going to bring in, if you want to pull totally out of production, basically you're going to have to make five times what you would have had to make to cover yourself in profit, right? So say you were to pull yourself out completely and you were making 50 grand, well, all of a sudden, you're going to be having to make, what would that be, anywhere from three to 500,000 of new sales to pay yourself that 50 grand profit. Yep. Because for every 100,000 of sales, you're only keeping, you know, 20,000 of it. Yep. So you're ending up, you're going to have to get revenue of, say, three to 500,000 just to cover yourself. Yep. So it's, it's not dollar for dollar. You know, if you're making 50,000 in production and you pull yourself out, it's going to take a lot more than 50,000 of new revenue to pay yourself. That makes sense. Yep. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's good stuff. Well, guys, Zach and I, we just wanted to, we we wanted to stay on the topic of delayed gratification because we know you guys are out there working hard. We know you care deeply. We know that you have families that you're providing for. And since you're either in the strategic or technical camp, you may think that you're doing the right thing. You may you may think like, hey, this is this is what's best for the business. But what we've seen is if you can delay it a little bit, hop in, into production for two to three years, add value there as your top line increases. As your top line increases, then you slowly phase out. And that's where Zach and I will we'll coach people along on intentional growth advisors and um, do a little bit of hand-holding because th- I've, I've struggled with this. That's where as the cash flow starts to come in, top line revenue increases, then you begin to phase out strategically and uh, go from technical to a high level strategic plan. So um, guys, I hope this makes sense for you. Please um, continue the conversation over on the uh, Instagram, Facebook. Just look up Lawn Care Leaders, Zach, wherever, aren't we? Yep, please do. We love when you guys engage with us. It's a lot of fun to tackle these topics, debate, go back and forth. the more we can interact and work through these things, the better off we all will be in the industry. So please do. It's good stuff. Good stuff. Zach, hey, I appreciate your time, man. I know you're a busy man out there. And uh, you guys out there, keep listening. We'll keep bringing content and small business advice. And uh, we'll be back with you soon. Thanks, Brett. Hey, guys. That is a wrap on yet another episode of the Lawn Care Leaders Podcast. Thanks again for letting us hang out with you, and we appreciate you hanging out with us. Please subscribe, leave us a rating and review, and if you found this at all helpful, please help us by sharing the podcast, and uh, we wish that you would continue this conversation. If you want to chat it up about some topic that happened, or maybe you have further questions, you can find us over on Instagram, Facebook. Um, We're going to be posting YouTube and uh, LinkedIn content as well. So you can find us on almost any platform. And if you'd like to further uh, grow your business or find out more information about Intentional Growth Advisors or one of our other show sponsors, feel free to click the link in the show notes and you can see 
see those there. Again, guys, thank you so much for joining us, and we will be back with you again shortly.